Greetings to you. Uh, my name is Chopo Mwanza, and I'm excited to be part of this uh, men's conference uh, whose theme is slaying lions, bears, and goliaths. And uh, the creative organizers were not just creative in the theme, but they were also creative in the topics they assigned to us. And my topic for this session is why so violent? Are we really fighting and why can't we be at peace? And what they are seeking to communicate to us uh, with this uh, topic is the fact that we are at war as Christians. The, the Christian is at war uh, and we are in a constant battle. Uh, and this, the warning and exhortation uh, of scripture uh, gives testimony to this reality. The, the Bible says to us, be strong and courageous. Um, it, it further exhorts us to watch and pray, to submit to God and resist the devil. It, it urges us to flee, uh, to be strong and stand. And in the uh, context of the text we are going to be looking at, we are called to be sober and vigilant. And the reality is this. We are in warfare. And our, certain our adversary is bent on destroying us. When we wake up, when we uh, live and relate with our family, when we step out for work, when we parent our kids, when we are browsing social media, uh, when we are having our meals, when we are chatting with friends down the street, uh, and even to the point when we retire to bed, uh, certain is scheming and working to destroy you as a Christian. And therefore, it's important that we are aware. It's important that we are alert. And it's important that we humbly resist uh, his schemes and the grace that God supplies. This is war. Our lives are a battle. And so as men, we need to heed the exhortation of Scripture. Turn to First Peter chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 8 to 11 uh, together, but I will commence my reading from verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning at verse 5. You, younger men, likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exhort you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a rolling lion, seeking someone to devour, but resist him in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering have been accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
In the context of the book, uh, Peter is writing to a people who are undergoing severe persecution. They, they are experiencing suffering. They, they are engaged in a constant and real battle with the evil one. And Peter writes to them to humbly submit to the sovereign God who will then empower them to persevere in suffering and spiritual warfare to the very end. Now that is, that is his exhortation to the believers, that they submit to God. And, and as they submit to God, God will empower them to endure and persevere in their suffering and the warfare that they are going through. But Peter writes and reminds the believer uh, that they are to fight a good fight to the end in humble diligence by the grace of God and to the glory of God. So how do we persevere in the midst of war and suffering? How, how, how do we live uh, this, uh, in light of these truths? Well, we will see four truths uh, from the passage we've just read. The, the first is be humble. Be humble. And Peter, uh, in, in, in verse 5, urges the humility, you know, with other people in our relations with other uh, people. And in this specific instance, he's writing to younger men to uh, subject themselves to their elders and be humble. Uh, you, you know, and, and then he turns around and says, vertically, with our relationship with God, we too, we all should be humble uh, before him. We, 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 it's important that we humble ourselves to the sovereign rule of God in, in humility, submit to God's sovereign rule, to God's mighty hand, a reference to his dominion and discipline. And notice there that he says, uh, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, 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 so the believer has to daily contend with his adversary, the devil, and his minions, uh, and, but, but a proud person will then have to contend with God opposing you as well because God resists the proud. He opposes the, the proud. I mean, literally, God becomes the opponent of those who are proud. And so if we are to uh, persevere, if we are to be victorious in our battle, in this war that we are engaged in, it's imperative that we are humble, that we do not think highly of ourselves, that we do not think, esteem ourselves better than others, that we have a right view of who we are and a right view of who God is. You see, pride seeks to dethrone God. Humility rightly enthrones God. Rightly humbles itself and bows before the sovereign God. Pride is the center of life. Humility realizes 
that I am not the center of life, that life is not about me. Pride thinks everyone and everything exists to save me. Humility realizes that I should save others selflessly. And that's the first thing Peter reminds the believers. Submit yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Under the, uh, uh, submit to God's sovereign rule, to, to God's dominion, to God's uh, rule and, and, and God's discipline. But, you know, in humility, wait for God's timing. So there's, a, there's an eternal perspective in humility here. So he says, you know, submit yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exhort you at the proper time. And this idea of, of submitting and, 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 and putting on humility, clothing ourselves with humility, is not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing thing. You are daily submitting to God. You are daily putting on humility. Every single day, continually, consistently, persistently. And, 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 and waiting upon God's timing because, you see, uh, God who opposes the uh, proud and gives grace to the humble will lift you up at the proper time, in his own time. You, you know, so, so this is not an idea of I will be humble right now so that God, you know, lifts me up the next the next day, it's, it's the idea of I will be humble, I will submit to God, I will pursue humility with all diligence, and I will patiently wait on God's timing. And that's what humility is, isn't it? If you are humble, you, uh, you submit to God's sovereign rule, uh, his mighty hand, you will submit patiently to his timing. And Peter then, in verse 7, gives an example or an implication of a life that is humble, of a life that is submitting to God. And he says, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And, and one of the implications of uh, putting on humility and submitting to the rule and reign of God is this forsaking of anxiety and resting on God's care, depending on God's provision, depending on God's provisions, depending on God's protection, uh, God's sustenance, um, you, you know, and, and so he says, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Uh, and, and, and anxiety is, 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 is fear, and, and, and it's this desire to want to control what is uncertain, to, um, 
you, you know, to, 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 to want to know what tomorrow holds and take care of tomorrow today. Uh, and, and anxiety is actually a form of pride because it is a failure to understand your limits. It's your failure to understand um, uh, your inability uh, and a failure to acknowledge God's uh, power, God's reign, God's uh, control, and also a denial of God's love and care. You know, there's a reason a two-year-old will not worry about a bag of millimil. There's a reason. Because they fully understand their limitations and they fully understand their parents' responsibility. But they also know their parents' love and care. So you, you, you will never find a, a, a two, three-year-old child seated, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the chair with, with a downcast face, uh, thinking very hard, trying to find out, um, you, you know, uh, you, the impact of inflation on the economy and uh, uh, how that will translate to how they eat and how they are sustained and how they pay rentals because they know I am a child, I have a father who loves, cares and provides for me. I will therefore wait upon them. In fact, children never stop making requests regardless of the uh, dollar or inflation rate or, 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 or you know, the, the, all all they know is I am a child, there is a father, he is responsible, uh, and they, they, my father loves and cares for me, so therefore I will go and tell my father what my needs and desires are. That is humility. That is humility. And, and an implication of humility will be seen in how we cast away anxiety. Cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. Now, you need to remember once again, these are people, Peter is writing to a people who are undergoing severe persecution. Their lives are in danger here. And he's saying to them, don't be anxious. Be humble and cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. So how do we persevere in the midst of war and suffering? Number one, be humble. Then number two, be vigilant. Be vigilant. And we see that in uh, verse 8 and 9. And Peter says, be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. In, verse, in chapter 1, verse 13, uh, he uh, then calls them to soberness of mind, to uh, alertness. In chapter 4, verse 17, he repeats the same exhortation because this is important. And he says to them, you need to be on guard. You need to be vigilant. You need to be alert. You need to be aware. You need to be awake. You, you can't afford to be asleep. You, you can't afford to be passive. You, you can't afford to uh, just kind of coast through life. You, you need to be alert. And, 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 and be diligent in your alertness. 
Because you are not rolling on to Zion as that uh, uh, very misleading song uh, says. You are not rolling on to Zion. You are not just stamping on the devil. Friends, the, the, the devil is, is not seeking to be our friends. The devil is not just some misunderstood, nice enemy. Uh, the, the devil is busy scheming every day to destroy you. You can't afford to be uh, casual about it. Be sober-minded. In other words, uh, be uh, in control of your faculties, of your thinking. And the reason we should be vigilant, we, we should be alert, we should be aware and awake is because we have an adversary. It's because we are in war. We are in a constant battle. We have an enemy. And we could say we have enemies. And our enemies are scheming, our enemies are attacking, and our enemies uh, don't fight fair. They are nasty. And so be alert. You know, it's often common to, if you have security personnel at your premises, to find them sleeping. You know, you, you go out in the night and you find the one who is supposed to be watching and guarding asleep. At times, fast asleep. That they don't hear you coming. And, and we all, you know, get furious. In fact, that, that, at times that's grounds for uh, dismissal. Because we say he's incompetent. And yet, many of us men are guilty of the same offense. We're supposed to be on guard. We're supposed to be alert, guarding our own hearts, guarding our own minds. We're supposed to be guarding our families, guarding our churches. But yet we are taking a nap. And some of us are in deep sleep while the enemy roams around seeking whom he may tear apart seeking a life or soul he can uh, destroy so he says be alert be on guard be vigilant and he says, he describes the devil, or calls the devil an, an, our adversary. And, 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 and that's uh, a word that uh, simply means, uh, it actually 
carries uh, or carried legal connotations in those days. Um, and, and, and it's the idea of someone who uh, brings a case against you. He is the accuser. And, and he says this particular individual is guilty of ABCD. And that's what the, the devil is. He is, uh, he is uh, uh, the accuser of men. And, and he is going around uh, accusing, laying accusations against God's people. And he is also called the slanderer uh, elsewhere in the Bible. He is, in Ephesians 6, scheming, coming up with plans on how to attack and destroy God's people. Jesus Christ said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And his goal is to devour. His goal is to tear apart. And he is likened to a lion. A vicious lion that's ready to pounce. And it roars as it, uh, uh, you know, is about to uh, catch its prey. But you see, the lion also roars after it has caught its prey. And it's sinking its teeth uh, in it. Friends, the devil is not a pet. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the devil is, is not some plaything. He is a powerful enemy. He is a dangerous enemy. He is a a vicious enemy. And in the scriptures, we see what he's able to do at the very beginning, how he deceived Eve and Adam. You also see how he wreaked havoc on Job's life. How destructive and vicious he can be. And, and the Lord Jesus says to Peter, Satan has asked of you so that he can sift you as wheat. And we see the evidence of that in Peter's life. And, and the Lord says, I have prayed for you. Peter. And I think that, you know there are those who specialize in the doctrine of Satan and demons that, that they are preoccupied with him to the extent of exhorting him. But then there are those who pretend as though Satan is nothing. As though they are not in war. And one strategy in war is to let your enemies, your opponents, 
underestimate you. That's, that's a very clever strategy. You don't want them to know how strong you are. You want them to think you are weak. You want them to think they can uh, play around with you. You want them to think they can uh, dance around with you at a party. You, you know, uh, be, because when they do that, they drop their guard and you can pounce. And that is one of Satan's greatest uh, deceptions. It's, it's, it's luring the church of Jesus Christ into thinking he is nothing. And we are told, be sober. In other words, that kind of thinking is not sober-mindedness. Be sober. Be alert. Watch out. And then it says, resist him in the faith. Steadfastly, other versions say. And you see, the opposite of submitting is resisting. So as you submit to God, you resist the devil. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ gave us an example in Matthew 4 of how to resist the devil. It is written. It is written was his constant response. The psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do we resist the devil, dear friends? We know the word. We study the word. We meditate on the word. We live out the word. Apply the word of God daily in our lives. That way you are able to say, it is written. That's how we uh, submit uh, to God. And, and that's how we resist the devil. It's, it's by holding on to our faith. Holding on to our faith. Knowing our faith. Living out our faith. So be humble. Is the exhortation of scripture. If we are to persevere in the midst of this war and suffering, be vigilant. Be on the lookout. Watch. Be alert. Then thirdly, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Did you notice what it says uh, in the latter part of verse 9? Knowing that the same experience of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And the encouragement there is that you are not alone. You see, this is not a, a solo battle. This is not a solo war. You are not alone. You, you are not the only one who is facing the attacks of the evil one. You are not the only one who is being uh, pressed 
uh, and perplexed by this world and, 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 and the evil one. You're not the only one who is battling the, uh, the desires of the flesh and the uh, pride of life and the lust of the eyes. You, you're not the only one. They, you, you know, they, they are others who are with you. So, so therefore, find encouragement, find comfort, uh, find support in that reality. Be encouraged because others are experiencing the same. And there's also a sense in which many have gone before us and by faith they stood. By faith they overcame. By faith they were faithful. And that should be our source of encouragement. Let uh, uh, no one think when he's tempted that um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 just uh, drew a blank right there. I thought I had it. I thought I had uh, hidden it. Yeah, in my heart. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. That's an encouragement. Your war, the battle you are in is not unique to you. <laughs> there's comfort in the community of God's people. And, and there's, a, there's an application here uh, for us, uh, uh, you know, that, that we need the family of believers. We need the body of Christ. We, we, we need to gather and grow relationships with other believers. Don't be a solo Christian. Solo Christians don't find encouragement from the body, from the family. So that is uh, the, 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 the encouragement we see in Hebrews 10, uh, 25 uh, exhorts us uh, to not neglect the gathering uh, of the saints so that as we gather, we are stirring one another to love and good works. So be humble, be vigilant, be encouraged. And uh, fourthly, and our last point is be hopeful. Be hopeful. And notice what Peter says in verse 10 to 11, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Uh, and, and, and Peter's exhortation is don't, don't live in the here and now. Life here on earth and this war we are engaged in will come to pass. It has an end, and thankfully the end is sure and certain. Victory is guaranteed. We are on the winning side. So we have every reason to be courageous. We have every reason to endure. We have every reason to stand and be faithful. Because, you see, after we have experienced this, 
and, and we will not experience it in our own power, but by the grace of God that he gives to us. And, 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 and our eternal glory is guaranteed when, when we experience this war and we in, are engaged in this war for this time period. A time is coming, dear friends, when our faith shall be sight and we shall be with him forever. And all the toils of life shall be repaid. Oh, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. And so, while we are here on earth, we stand in his grace. We watch and pray. We are alert and sober. And we are vigilant. And, and, and we trust and depend humbly on God's strengthening grace, on God's perfecting grace, and on God's confirming grace, and on God's establishing grace. So that when we are done, when the war is over, and we cross to the other side, the praise and glory will not be to any of us. The praise and glory will be to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the mighty God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. And that is our, our, our driving force. And that's what keeps us engaged and, 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 and going on and that's what drives us because we know as we engage in this battle with the ad ad adversary who is vicious and who is the accuser of men and who is slanderous and who is out to, uh, to, to destroy us, we stand strong, not because we are strong, but because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The sovereign Lord will see us through. So dear Christian man, act like a man. 1 Corinthians 16. Be sober. Be vigilant. You are in a war. Don't be absent without leave. Don't be passive. But don't be weary. Because war is brutal. <laughs> we face vicious enemies. And this, the war is unrelenting. And many times we uh, expect the war, you know, the devil to appear, in, you know, at two in the morning, uh, you know, with a headless body and blood gushing and out to destroy our life. You know, there's just some uh, uh, brutal uh, image, you know. That's our, our idea of, of, of the devil scheming and coming to get us. But spiritual warfare is every day every single day, every single moment. Um, 
and 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 the, the the devil is unrelenting in trying to lead us astray lead us away from god lead us away from the truth and friends uh, that battle is in every sector it is coming uh, to us through the entertainment industry it is coming to us through the education system it is coming to us through government policies it is coming to us through uh, uh, cultural trends and uh, and beliefs it is it is coming to us left right and center and, and on top of that we uh, the war is coming to us within uh, as we battle with our own flesh and and, and sinful desires the, the the battle is unrelenting and and while we are in the trenches it is possible one to be proud because you've experienced some victory right but it is also possible to be complacent it is possible uh, to get battle-weary and despair. And yet still it is possible to become passive and irresponsible. And so we need to hear this rallying call. Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. Rise up, O men of God. His kingdom tarries long. Bring in the day of brotherhood and end the night of wrong. Rise up, O men of God. The church for you doth wait. Send forth to serve the needs of men in Christ. In Christ our strength is great. Lift high the cross of Christ. Tread where his feet have trod. As brothers of the Son of Man, rise up, O men of God. Rise up, O men of God. Amen.